oh my God, he texted me Merry Christmas. <gasps> I forgot because he also did it on Thanksgiving. And same yes, thing. Yes, he Just, did. Happy He's Thanksgiving. He's a holiday texter. Yeah, I did get an exclamation point thrown in there though, not to brag alley, oh, not to rub man. it in, but you know, I got a little, I got a little punctuation on this corner. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. I am your co-host, Erica Spira. And I'm Allie Jackson. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. And we are post-Christmas, so happy belated, or happy belated Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Out there listening, whoever celebrated. I hope everybody had some great time off from work at at the bare minimum, okay? The bare minimum of Christmas expectations. Hope everybody enjoyed some time off. So I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into into future months, and I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah, and also it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice nice little flavorful drink. That is a little little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the Recess Watermelon Mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's an actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feel it all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the Recess Ginger Lime Mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat. They're absolutely delicious, and you can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH, so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Um, that being said, we got an update hot off the press right up top here. The classic Merry Christmas text that reappears, and the person uses it to resurface, and uh, honestly, has gotten one. I'm going to call this a scam. You're gonna call this a scam? Okay. I think this. I think this is a scam, um, because because it's like something masquerading as something else. So sure, but all right, all right. Well, I'm here. I'm curious to tell the story. I have no idea who yeah. even sent this message. So I'm it's like, not, it's not because of like this it? particular. It's not because of this particular message. I just think in general, there's like a viral. There's like a viral tweet that went around a few years ago that was like, you know, beware of the hey stranger text messages disguised as Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that's yes. totally what this is. Like, this, there's no, there's, you know, people be out there using these major holidays to to resurface. Um, but this actually came from Sales Cycle. Oh, I mean, I was, my money was on either Billy, Joel's or, Billy Joel or uh, Sales Cycle, as they just yeah. were the most recent. That I was yeah. like, anybody else would be, be a real reach. A real, that back. would be, yeah, that would be a major pop-up. Somebody in, in my DMs was like, was it the rower? Like, what the? <laughs> Can you imagine? Two yeah. years later, the rower uses just "Merry Christmas." <laughs> I mean, people will take people will take an opening. You know, it is an opening day. I guess that you could use it. Uh. I guess. Um, so yeah, it was sales cycle. Um, and as a reminder for the listeners, like we, it was a move, mutual opt out. Like we, neither of us said anything after the date. Thought we were on the same page. Not mm-hmm. a match. Great. Merry Christmas. No punctuation. Just just those two Not words. even an emoji? Nothing. Not even a little just tree? Merry Christmas. Did you answer it? I said you two. Okay. So energy match. Energy match. Kinda. Yeah. 
and, and, that was and no punctuation either. On no your punctuation. No, you're not giving me punctuation. You don't need it either. <laughs> if you didn't change keyboards, I'm not going to change keyboards. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that it? Is that the whole thing that happened? That's it. And it, that's it. This is why I call oh, it wow. like. This is why I call it a scam because it's like the the fishing. It's fishing, right? Like they're looking for you to then be like, so. I'm like, no. Okay, I'll say this. I think the initial message is just, are they going to respond? Yeah. You respond. Now the door's open to make conversation. But then he just said nothing. He said nothing. Okay, yeah, this is, this is interesting. It's I don't weird. Know. It's weird. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if I'd call this a scam because I'm just like, no, well, what is not. the goal? No, probably not. It's like, she alive? I'm, she is alive. She's okay. alive. Great. She's alive. <laughs> Who's really worried about that one? Yeah, here you are. Okay, here, here I am. Yeah, it's Christmas. Yep. Because mm. what is a? Uh, how long was it since the date? A week? What's a the time more than that? Two weeks. Okay, I don't knock this that hard. If then he followed up on a second date, then I'd be like, okay, you used it as an opener to just be like, maybe I'm not sure what she's feeling. She answered me. All right. Yeah. Let me shoot the shot. But to me, this feels like uh, when you get a Merry Christmas from like your dental office or something, just yes. like the card that gets sent to everyone's address in the system, just a Merry Christmas from your dental office. And you're like, great. Thanks. I I mean, to be quite honest, checks out. We're, we call the man sales cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you it's, on there. <laughs> it's on brand. Um, yeah. And like, honestly, I'm not... I'm not mad that he didn't continue anything because, like, I don't want to go another date with this guy. So, like, I yeah. would have had to say that actively, most likely, if things had continued. So, like, this is fine. But it's just weird. Uh, it, to me, it's weird to just no follow-up as to why. Right. Like, but maybe maybe it, it truly was just a copy-paste down everybody in his recent inbox. Maybe. Or, I guess, put it this way. I won't be super surprised... If after New Year's, there's a follow up on a second date then. Yeah. Where he was possibly. like, I'm just, I'm keeping my touch points, you know, or I don't know what they call them in sales, whatever that is, but like, keep um, in touch, you know? Oh, shoot. What is it? Like warm leads. He's keeping his like leads warm, something like right. that. So maybe that's what yeah. it is. He's like, eh, it's holidays. I'll just send him Merry Christmas to be like, hey, I'm still alive. Still, I'm, you know, I'm alive. Are well, you alive? Great. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, so we'll see. I guess, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll say my impression is, all right, I won't be so surprised if, yeah, you're probably right. Some type of follow-up comes. Or even, I'd even say, even a booty call type thing, where it's kind of like, you answered my text last time. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I really I'm not saying you should, happen, but, but I'm just, you know. Yeah, that. I'm, but you're right. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. The test so, was, will you ignore me? That's all it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. So that was, that was thing number one. Um, and then I have another, I actually, the other one is also kind of a blast from the past situation. The other thing that happened to me this week. So last week was talking about how I had tried that hinge hack, you know, and then I was like, bait, they reeled me back in. I was going to delete my account. I have not resubscribed. So I am now using the free version. Yeah. But just changing the filters made different. Yeah. But they did, but they did. They did really back in a little bit where I'm like, you know, getting uh, getting some traction. And I got an incoming like from somebody that I'm not 
100% sure, but I am pretty sure, 75 perhaps, that my matchmaker presented him to me as a potential match. Oh, like familiarity. Okay. I think so. You- I think so. I rem- if I recall correctly, he didn't live in New York yet. He was living in like, I want to say oh, Philly. And she had presented him to me as like a, you can say no to this guy because he's not in your in your radius. But like, I liked him and I wanted to present him to you. And I didn't go out with him because he didn't live in New York. And I was like, when he does move here, we can then revisit basically is how we kind of left it. I okay. think it's the same dude. Might be, yeah. He has a, Did you he, like, it, send a like? Uh, well, no, he had liked me. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Does he? Sorry to interrupt, but yeah. Do did he get shown you? Do you know? I don't know. I because with the matchmaker, so. do you get shown first or they get shown first? I'm I'm pretty sure that I get shown to them before I even hear about them. I'm I'm in fact right. I'm 100 sure. So yes. Okay. All right. If it's so, this yeah, guy, he, if it's this guy, then he already saw you, so he probably was like, "Oh, that girl." Yeah. But that he didn't say anything about that in his comment. He sent me a comment. What was the comment? He said, good morning, Allie. I enjoyed reading your profile. How is your week going? This was just this past week. So I was already, I was here. So I said, good morning. I'm in California for the holidays. Um, Still morning over here. It's going pretty great. I'm visiting family and working remotely until Christmas. How about yours? And then he wrote me a message that really gave me the ick. Oh, what did he say? He said... Being with your family, dot, 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 able to work remotely and being a statuesque beauty, dot, 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 I can tell you are living the dream and are blessed, Miss Allie. Hug emoji, girl with her hand out emoji. Mm. Almost like, what, too complimentary? How, how would we categorize this? Yeah, yeah. That was too the it part. Yeah, it was too much. Mm. It was too much. A little much. I'm trying and- to think because we're talking about a book today. <laughs> and I'm tempted to be like, what category would you put him in oh, of the categories it gave us? I think it, I think it was the, the after the one where she talks about the things that happen after the date of the per or the person who's like going too much too soon. Yeah. What did she, what did she call that? The there's two, there's one that's a trauma dumping type slash there's the closer type. Yeah. I, th- I think it was the, the flame out from the post date breakers where mm. it's like so much so fast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a flame out. I'll go with that one. I agree. Yeah. Which, by the way, sorry, I forgot. To, I meant to say this up top. We are talking about a book today for uh, the topic of the episode called Have Him at Hello. Anyway, back to your story. Yeah. So so it was giving, it was like, that's too much. And I just was like, ugh. And then he said, I'm curious, though, what is your cultural background? Which, like, I also don't love as the very first question somebody asks, but just that question alone wouldn't be like a deal breaker. I don't love it as the very first thing you're asking me. Yeah. Do you do you have on your profile like several selections? I don't because it takes up too much room. I just don't have anything. Oh, you have nothing. Okay. Yeah, I have nothing. Because if I ha- if I select white and black and Latina, it literally it takes up like half the screen and it's just like a lot. Um, on apps that have a multiracial option, I pick that. Oh, okay. So if you have nothing listed, sounds like you don't feel like out of line question or offensive 
No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't love it as like the very first thing somebody asks, but like, I don't, I'm not taking issue with it as a question. Yeah. Does um, he but, um, have anything written for his race or no? He does. He's a, he's not originally American. Oh, okay. So yeah. also cultural background then makes sense a little bit yes. too. Yeah. That actually might be hinting at like, where are you from? From Possibly. Yeah. Like a legit so, from, not the sneaky from. Correct. You know what so I mean? he's, but then he, but he had said the other part and I was just like, that, this is just so much. And I was working at the time. So mm-hmm. I read it. I was like, I need to deal with this later. And so, and I, but I screenshotted it because I was like, I want to talk about this with you. So I, I had screenshotted <laughs> it and like put it aside to be like, you know, I'll, I'll deal with this message later and we'll talk about this later. Mm-hmm. And then I went back into Hinge the next day and he had unmatched me. Uh yeah well that's the um what would i call this i don't know i don't i mean i don't want to speak for you were you annoyed by that or are you kind of like now i don't have to make a decision literally that i was just like <laughs> well all right like I, I was going to respond i wasn't going to ignore him mm-hmm. and also i sometimes do take a day to respond like i literally won't see it if i'm truly busy like i told him i was traveling i was at home for christmas yeah so like it feels that a little seemed- a little, little temper soon. tantrum, mm. kind of. Like I've had where, you know, you give someone your number on the app, whatever, or even messaging in the app, they'll say something. And maybe you are going back and forth. And I remember one time I had just 10 minutes I didn't answer somebody. I think I gave them my number, texted me. 10 minutes later, I got a text that's like, oh, busy with a bunch of whys. Oh, fuck off. And I was like, okay, dude. And that's so hard to not get an ick with that. But it's a little like, okay, are you so entitled that I, I must answer you immediately? Like, I don't right. have something I'm in the middle of? Right. Anything? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, so yeah, but, but most mostly I was just like, all right, now, yeah, now I don't have to decide what to do with this message. He's made my decision for me. So better in that sense, I guess. But I, I did feel like it was a little trigger happy for him to do pull the unmatch that quickly. Yeah. It seems, I don't know if demanding is the right word. I'm struggling to find the correct word for it, but it's a little bit like... A little, I don't know, princessy. What word would you say to describe this? Yeah, I, I think where it's like you, I, it's almost like I'm your boss, so you better answer me like now. Yeah, I think I think demanding is the is close to the word that I'm looking for because yeah, yeah, it's like they, it's like they feel entitled to like really fast replies. Also, it's not like we had been going back and forth. Like our initial messages were kind of spaced out too. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe I could understand it a little bit more if it had been back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Then he said that. Then I went dark. Yeah. That's not what happened. No. But I don't know. I do I do know that some people – I've talked to more men than women, I would say, who have this philosophy. But I have talked to some people who, like, they're like, I just like a cheap, clean inbox. And if someone isn't going to respond to me right away, then, like, I need to move on. I think that's a little harsh. But, like, I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. I've seen this before where it's like, I actually saw it. I was like browsing that um, Reddit group on Bumble when I was trying to figure out uh, a oh, new yeah. update Bumble had. Because now men can message first on yeah, Bumble. The con- I don't know if we mentioned that publicly. The opening moves thing. Yeah, I think we talked about that in a previous episode. Yeah. So it's like if you select a what's your opening move question. I mean, most people just answer you, whatever, I mean, message you whatever they want to message you and not even answer whatever that question is. It just gives them the option. 
But it's almost, it's like there's some type of entitlement where it's like, my time is valuable. So if I send you a message, and I've seen in this Bumble group on Reddit, all these people being like, um, you know, I messaged this person back and they haven't gotten back to me and it's been 12 hours. Like, am I crazy or isn't that like rude of them? And I was just like, oh, wow, this is that's a, a much lot. darker place than I thought it would be. <laughs> but, that's a, yeah, that's you know. a lot. And, and honestly, like his, the message of his that had given me the ick is kind of in that same energy of like too much. Yeah. So, I mean, so, the fortunate thing is he took himself out of the race. You were he, like, yeah, he self-selected out. I'm like, okay, great. We are not aligned. Fantastic. If he is the guy that my matchmaker tried to set me up with, this was on a Zoom call with her. My official mm-hmm. matches are in my email. Like when she officially matched me with someone, she would send me like a whole thing about them and I could look it up later. I have all those emails. This, yeah. however, was presented on a Zoom call. So I don't have a record of like who he was. Interesting. I think, I think it was the same dude. His Maybe. occupation is the same. Mm. I was going to say, was his college also like Philly or something that might oh, place him as like, oh, you probably were yeah, just in remember. Philly as well. I don't remember. I didn't see that. But it's the same occupation and I think the same name. So I think it's the same dude. Um, oh, well. So, yeah. Throw it to the birds. Have you say. noticed like huge difference between paying for Hinge versus not? Um, Not really. I, mm. I, I think it's more about that filter change thing that I've been doing. And I've been doing it consistently. Like I've been moving both on Bumble and Hinge. I've been moving my filters around like crazy all the time. Okay. Yeah, maybe and that's I've a been, trick to everything. I yeah, it's a little bit annoying, but it seems to be working. <laughs> oh my god, actually, I forgot. Um have you seen this thing going around called the Delulu filter? No. I mean I've heard the Delulu like the It's Delulu. a trendy word. Yeah. So but no. I saw someone share it and I don't think anybody's gonna like it's literally called the female delusion calculator. I actually do think Which, I've seen this, but tell okay. me tell me again what it is. So it's essentially, the first one I saw was one that just basically was like, if you date men, I don't know if there's a part of this that is also filtering, I don't know, whatever from the census, US census, if people can select like sexual orientation. I, I assume not. Okay. But basically it gives you like four things to pick from. You do an age range, and then it gives you the option to exclude married people, right? And your stats. Oh, yes, that's uh, Yes, yeah, so you can select race, and it only gives you three to pick from. It says you can pick any, white, black, or Asian, and then minimum height. Then it also gives you the option to, quote, exclude obese. You can check or leave unchecked, and then a minimum income. And then you select whatever, and you get a percentage of, like, uh, let me just hit the find out button. I believe that the saying is, like, probability. So it's a probability percentage. So according to statistical data, probability of a guy this age to this age and all your like standards. meeting all those things, yeah. Yeah, you get a percentage. Now with this, of course, I was like, there's got to be one for men then. And I found just yeah. a different website that literally was just using uh, whatever from the US population data. And you could make it, I'm interested in females, I'm interested in women, whatever, whatever. Because I was very curious to be like, would my percentage be the same if I filtered it for a woman? Yeah. Like if that was the only thing I changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the percentage was pretty much almost the same, which was very oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. But I kept playing around with these filters because I did it and I was like, I thought I put a pretty open range to be like, okay, what's the percentage? 
And I was finding it very hard to get anywhere near 10%. Really? Yeah. Like, I think I only got two or 3% the first time. Is that because it's including people like children? No, because you do the age range. Oh, I and thought you could the do age 18 range was, is the minimum. Oh, I thought the age range was part of the filter. Like it was like the percentage of people that are also in that age range. Well, you, you pick it. Sorry. That's what I meant is you select oh, the age range. I see. I see. I see. And do it. But it was interesting because I was like, oh, this is almost touching on the last book we did. The yeah, Marian yeah, book, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, what's your percentage? And I mainly found it interesting because I kept playing around with like each category to be like, what knocks what's you, you down? What's more making percents. the biggest difference? Yeah. Like is yeah. height the biggest difference? But Honestly, the one I found to be the biggest difference was income. Yeah, I was I was going to say, I think it's probably income. Right. And I actually was almost more screwed if I did 18, like full age range, 18 to I think it's 85. Because you're like college kids, stuff like that. Yeah. And like not even putting anything for income, it like lowered my percentage <laughs> so much. And I was like, how's that possible? I put every age, I put like five feet and up. I was like, how is this percentage so low? <laughs> And then I was like, oh, these 18-year-olds are fucking up my data. These, yeah, these 18, <laughs> these jobless 18-year-olds is what's happening. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I, it was um very interesting. Was, the, the highest I was able to get it was like 10%. That was the highest wow. I could get. But, yeah. I mean, there is like a, a an insane income disparity in this country too. So like I bet you if there's like – if you did like geographical ranges too, it would probably look different. That's really interesting Might though. be different. Yeah. But it was interesting that I put basically my same stats like, okay, say I was a man looking for what I put the same thing. for yeah. you know, a man and a woman. And the percent was actually lower because the height took out majority of women. That I yeah. was like, oh, if you put 5'10 and up, you're going to almost be below 1% automatically. I mean, that's the joke that I was making when we reviewed the other book, being like, I'm in the like top yeah. 0.1 percentile. Right. Exactly. So... Anyway, I just I, I meant to mention that because I was no, like, oh, this is so fascinating. Yeah, because love shit like you know that. we've heard all the stats, but to like physically play with it in real time, I was like, man, it's hard to get any somewhat high number. Damn. So, anyway, but you could look that up if you guys are interested in that. Uh, yeah. So you also had an update on your scam from last week. Yeah. Potential so scam. we potential scam. So our new segment, which we are very excited to announce we have our first submission that we're going to play and talk about very excited. On, on this week's episode. I'm so pumped. Thank you to this listener for calling in and we will repeat the phone number and it's also in the show notes. So you can also call in with your scams. But yes, I before we get to that, I have a scam update, um, which is that it was not a scam. And I'm like so glad to find this out that it... okay. It seem it still seems very dumb. So as a reminder for everyone, I went to a singles mixer last week where like literally the organizer didn't show up there was no one there and, and then when you followed up the organizer said it moved to a different location correct not the location you were not the location that i was to. at yeah so okay. i still don't think that i buy their explanation of what happened which is that there was a misunderstanding with two different people that run the events and that okay. one of them thought that they had to cover and it was at this other location. And so she was the the woman that I had mentioned who came in literally talking about how she was wearing last night's clothes and had to cover yeah. this thing. That that person had misunderstood. And that there was a totally separate event happening that had a lot of people at it. I, I still – I feel very iffy about that explanation. <laughs> that so it be, is a scam. That be, that you being think they said, lied. That, that be, well, I, I don't I, – eh, maybe. That being said though – 
they offered to everyone who went to that other location either a refund or a free open bar at their next event, which is actually a higher value than the ticket because the ticket for this event did not cover open bar. So like they are making good on the situation. So what do you think you're going to do though? Would you give this event another shot? Yeah, I would. I can't go to their next one, Mm -hmm. but I think I will. I think I will give it another shot. Okay. But do you have the guys like personal? I'd be like, give me your personal phone number. I'm going to double check this address <laughs> yeah, I for be, the well, next time. I'm now DMing with him. So I think I think I will just DM it to be like, just to confirm, this is the place I'm going to today. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, give it another so, shot. So yeah. So maybe maybe it still was a scam, but now they're backpedaling and, and fixing it. I don't know. Very so, weird situation. So essentially, they're sticking with their story. They're not they're at all... People just didn't show. It's no nope, location was wrong. Yeah, they're sticking with their story that there was a mix up, but they are they are compensating the people who went to the the other location. Okay, well, I guess to be determined. If you go to another one, yeah, TBD, TBD. Um, yeah, their next one's in like a couple weeks in January, and I have plans already, so I'll have to wait. We'll figure it out. We'll go. Yeah, but um, more to come. <laughs> more to come. More to come. Um, so we have our first uh, call in scam. And a reminder for listeners, if you would like to call us in, give us a scam, call the hotline, 929-888-7184. And it's also in the show notes description. So we're going to play this out loud. We got our first scam uh, message from New Jersey. So excited. Okay. Hello, ladies. Uh, This is Marissa from New Jersey. First of all, I want to say I love listening to your podcast. Um, it's really helped me in the world of dating. It's nice to feel like, you know, you're not alone out there. As far as scams go, this hasn't happened to me, but I saw it on TikTok and there's these fake profiles. They get people to come out on a date to a restaurant and then they unmatch them or unfollow them by the time they get to the restaurant. So they're sitting there and they think they just got ghosted, but it was really someone at the restaurant just trying to get people to come in because chances are, you know, that person is going to maybe eat a meal or have a drink or something like that. And, you know, the waiting staff was in on it too. Not sure if anyone actually, you know, had that scam, but thought I would bring it up and um, let you guys know. Um like I said, I love listening, and I hope you guys have a great day. All right, bye. Okay, I have seen this TikTok trend. I, I mean, trend too. is a trend is a big word to say. I've seen I've seen like two TikToks, women saying this happened to them. Well, it's so funny. So thank you, Marissa, for for calling in. So mm-hmm. excited we can finally you. say that phrase. Um, it's so funny because we got this voicemail. We said, okay, great, we'll we'll use it. We got it like the day that we had recorded the last episode. So we're like, okay, great, we'll use it for next week. Since then, I've gotten three or four people DM me the videos about this scam, mm. potential scam. Were they all New York City-based restaurants? Do we know? They weren't about specific restaurants is the thing. So like I've still – and then I did a bunch of research and I've still been unable to find – and I'm curious if you have. I've been unable to find like anyone naming names. Yes. I also haven't found that, which is – that's why I was curious, like, if this is really happening, then there's got to be more than one girl that got sent to the same restaurant. Yeah, like, there's got to be receipts, like, literally. 
And so I I have a friend who is a food blogger and works with a lot of restaurants. She goes to a lot of restaurants. And I asked her about it, being like, you know, one, have you heard about this? She also happens to be single. Two, though, like, this seems like a lot. Like, this doesn't seem like the effort for this would be worth it. Mm -hmm. And she said, personally, I don't think any restaurant owner I know would be able to pull off something like that. Most of them can barely use Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if it's someone, it's not the owner. It's not Maybe a bartender, but not the owner. And then she said, and even if it was a marketing company or like a social media manager, that is so much time to spend for something that may not even be worth the return. I got to say, I think I agree. Same. And (laughs) this might play into the female delusion a little bit, okay? And the book we're going to talk about actually has that section of asking women, what do you think the reason is that the second date didn't happen? (laughs) And this reason is, he's really a restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't happen because it's a restaurant owner trying to drum up business. It couldn't possibly (laughs) be that I got stood up. That would never happen to me. It's the restaurant owner who's struggling for business. And I I could also see this having happened like one time with some crazy restaurant owner. And then it became one of those urban legends that like all of a sudden it it like gets out there that everyone is doing this. I just don't think. It's just so much. That's doing so much. It's a lot of effort, honestly, that I'm like, I, I would more believe it was a bartender who was working a shift that is not busy. That I'm more likely to believe than the owner. I could I could totally see that. But I, then it's like... Uh. I do have a friend who got... This is a while ago now, but I do have a friend who got invited on a date, and when she arrived, it was the bartender who was working. Like, he invited her oh God, that's to a bad. date to his shift. <laughs> that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. And then yeah. the bar, then then the bar got like unusually busy, and so they didn't even talk. My God. Okay. Yeah. Here's that story. Just confirms another thought I had, which was like, are men even conniving enough to do this? No. <laughs> like they are rarely thinking eight steps ahead. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. I just really don't think because even if there were some restaurant owner who was like social, like you know social media, I guess it's not social media, but like dating app savvy enough to be doing this. I just don't think the return would be worth the time you're spending doing this. Like the amount of time you would have to spend talking to each individual woman, unless you like generated some sort of AI program. And just no, it's, that's, it's just not happening. Yeah. It's like the amount of time would be, you know, worth a 90 day fiance situation. You're trying to get citizenship in a country. Yes. Then it's worth the time to get someone to come in and buy a glass of wine. Feels like a lot. Feels like a lot. Yeah, no. But it's interesting. I have seen the TikToks, and I actually did see, I don't know if you sent it to me, the rebuttal TikTok of somebody that worked in a restaurant, not your friend, someone else, just being like, they do not have the time to do this. Yeah, I've seen seen that one as well. And if if anybody out there has seen any videos naming names of like the restaurant the person went to, let us know. Because I've been unable to find that. I've been unable to find any women being like, I went to Joe's Bar, and I think they were doing this. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm tempted to do this as a move and pretend this happened to me. Not blame the restaurant, but just be at the bar and drum up a conversation with someone. That's a great move. 
and I not even say I was ghosted. Maybe I'll even just say oh, I was supposed to be my friend and she got held up at work. Yeah. Or like whatever. So and so someone canceled on me. Just something. Something. Make myself a damsel in distress a little bit. Yeah. I think I think that's a great move. Because yeah, I don't you think don't it's a bad to, move. You don't have to make it some huge dramatic story. You could just be like, oh, I was supposed to meet a friend for dinner. She can't come. I figured I'd go anyway. Yeah. So I'm here hanging out. Yeah. It is an easier way to meet people going to a bar by yourself. So yeah. It's very true. The bar, a, a bar by yourself. Like, I mean, you met Burger doing that. Oh my God! He texted me "Merry Christmas." <gasps> I forgot because he also did it on Thanksgiving. And same yes, thing. Yes, he Just, did. Happy He's Thanksgiving. He's a holiday texter. Yeah, I did get an exclamation point thrown in there though, not to brag, Ali, oh, not to rub man. it in, but you know, I got a little, I got a little punctuation on this corner. <sighs> uh, I did get a merry. I completely forgot because I just remember thinking like, "What is this?" And same thing. He's in freaking sales. <laughs> so it's these salespeople that are just trying <laughs> to keep their leads warm. They're keeping their leads warm. They're out there just <laughs> cultivating. Oh my god! I'm gonna be. I'm gonna get a text in January. Like, what's your goal for the new year Happy financially? New year. What's the word of 2024? Yeah. What are your financial goals? Oh God! Right? Yeah. He's <laughs> to not actually get scammed. <laughs> he's actually a financial planner grooming us. I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I see. I completely forgot because I just was like, I don't know what this is. Seems to be a pattern. Yeah, yeah. And the time we talked before that, Halloween. So clearly a pattern. He's a holiday man. We should change his name. He's Mister Holiday or something. Yes. Seriously. (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, I'm like that. And um, the other thing is, if you're at a place by yourself, a bar by yourself, especially, talk to the bartender a lot because everybody's trying to get the bartender's attention, and they'll indirectly notice you. Yeah, very true. Or like the bartender, I've actually asked, I've like done that before, was talking to the bartender and then have asked him about another guy at the bar. Like to be like, oh, like that I was like, I I think one time, oh, one time I asked if a guy was wearing a ring because I was like, I think I see a wedding ring, but he was too far away for me to like really Mm. tell. And so I just said to the bartender, I was like, is that guy at the the bar wearing a wedding ring? He's like, yeah. Like, oh, never mind then. Okay. Yeah. Also that. Yeah. Figure out who's a regular, get any info on them. Never know. Bartenders can be your best friends, guys. Yeah. It's not a bad move. Bartenders can also help you get away from someone you don't want to be talking to. Well, there's also that, for sure. That's happened to me more than more than the other way. <laughs> <laughs> Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are, I think, over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets if you want to come. Experience some magic live. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. It is my birthday that week, so and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrhyde.com slash live to find an easy link, also in our bios, to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come. DC Comedy Loft, Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand-up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand-up shows. Start swiping on Hinge. Bring a date. Have a good time. and. You'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about, hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. 
Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrheight.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. All right. I think it's time to get to the book. I think so too. So this book was recommended by you. And dare I say back in the day, you read this book and were a big fan. Oh yeah. So this is, this was the original self-help, putting that in quotes, relationshipy type book I ever read. This is like the book that was the gateway to the relationship books for me. At the time, it was called Why He Didn't Call You Back. And so if anybody out there is confused because they read a book by Rachel Greenwald called Why He Didn't Call You Back, and the one we're talking about sounds a hell of a lot like that, it's because it's the same book, but when she released it in paperback, she changed the name. Funny, I saw that other book pop up in my Amazon recommendations because I bought this through Amazon. So yeah. So I got really nervous actually when I was prepping for this episode because I went into my Kindle because I still, I had the same Kindle account that I had when I was 22 when I bought this Mm -hmm. book and it was still there, but it was called Why He Didn't Call You Back. And I was like, oh fuck, did I give Erica the wrong book title for this episode? (laughs) No, it's the same. But we did not. Uh, It's the same book. So the full title is Have Him at Hello. Confessions from a thousand guys about what makes them fall in love, dot, 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 or never call back. So two sides to that. Um, so essentially, the premise of the book is she interviewed 1,000 guys about dates and why they didn't want a second date and essentially pushed past the reasons that were like, ah, I just didn't feel chemistry. Ah, yeah. I didn't feel this. And she also is a matchmaker, right? Yeah. So she got, she originally got this idea from, a woman that she had set up and the woman had had this like great time on the date and she like thought it was this great match, et cetera, and then never heard from the guy. And so the author asked her like, can I call him and talk to him about it? And like, that was her first exit interview. And like you said, she's like, I had to push through. I had to ask a lot of probing questions. I had to like really dig in there. Um, And and that's how she came up with the concept. She also has a master's degree in, I think, statistics. Like, she's, like, very into data and research. And so I, I at the time, you know, I still like these things. But, like, that very much appealed to me. That it was, like, based on, you know, not just anecdotal or, like, I feel like this. Like, it was based on, like, no, real people said this. And then I took notes and made data. Yeah. She also claimed that she thinks they were really honest with her because she said – I'm asking because I can set you up with someone that would fit more what you're looking for. Right. So like, yeah, so they have like give an the incentive. real feedback. Yeah. Like I'm not here to, you know, even give that feedback back to whatever girl you went out with. Just like, give me the feedback. I know plenty of single people. I'd be happy to set you up with someone that you match more with. Yeah. Uh, and that's the part that like, I think the exit interviews thing is awesome as a concept. And like my matchmaker did that. And I got a couple little nuggets from her exit interviews that she did with guys that she set me up with. But like it really – I think at least – I'm curious your thoughts. I think it really only works from the third party. Like you can't do your own exit interviews. Yeah. I Because unless it's a concrete reason, I feel like most people will just give you something very soft and simple because yeah. nobody wants to hurt anyone's feelings. Like, I'm not against if you want to ask someone like, hey, 
I just out of curiosity, like, was there anything specific I said or did or whatever? And maybe not even phrase it, I said or did, but just like, I'm curious, you know, what was the reason you didn't want to go out on a second date? Like I was looking forward to one or whatever. Yeah. But I still feel like we'll get vague stuff unless it's something concrete. Like, well, you mentioned, you know, you want to live in New York forever. And, you know, I thought about it. I went home and I was like, you know, when I want kids and a family, I want to live in a house outside the city. Okay, fair. But I feel like unless it's a concrete reason like that, even if somebody asked me, I'm like, I would hesitate to tell them myself. Yeah, I think I would even hesitate to tell a person that I know is going to tell them. Mm. Like, if, like, because what she suggests doing at the end of the book, after she kind of goes through all of the reasons that she gathered, which we'll get into, she suggests if you want to do this to have a friend or somebody conduct exit interviews for you. Right. And I feel like she is just so good at it that I don't know if just like random schmo on the street is going to get the same level of insight. No. And she has the matchmaker power. To be yeah, like, true. I'm, also. you know, t- I'm an official matchmaker, blah, blah, blah. Maybe that makes it more trusting. But yeah, you got to put a lot of time in. I mean, it took her 10 years to essentially oh, finish yeah. this research project and write this book. So it's like, she really had to put that time in to get feedback from a thousand people. I'm sure there were men that she called that stuck to giving her no feedback. So she had yeah. maybe took 10 years to come up with a thousand men to say something. Yeah, because it sounded like from the interviews that she was talking about that even when there was a concrete reason... It often took her asking about it in a few different angles to even mm-hmm. get them to maybe even realize that there was a concrete reason and to like right. vocalize and, and and talk that through. So in any case, love that she was able to do it. Not sure it would be it would be feasible in real life. Uh, I'm curious, can I ask you what were some of the things your matchmaker told you that was like feedback you got? The biggest the, I got this as a, as a pattern twice. So this was like – I actually only – this was like really the only sort of constructive feedback, if you will, that I got. One of what, one of the people who said this, by the way, was the accountant. Um, and it was that on the, – these are both people that I went on two plus dates with. And mm-hmm. they said that it seemed like I had a little bit of a wall up on the first date and that they got to know who I am more on the second date. And that I seemed like a little bit – they were like pleasantly surprised by how relaxed and like – I guess I seemed a little stiff on the first date. Okay. So they were like second date felt like different. Yeah. In a good way of like, oh, this is – and so that kind of – both of those people said yes to second dates, but possibly because it was in the matchmaker context. Mm -hmm. And like those could be people who – wouldn't have if I was just like some woman on Bumble. Yeah, you have somebody vouching for you and being like, right. these are highlights from this person and they're all things they're interested in or values align with. So it's like, okay, because I know we already align on XYZ, it's worth another chance. Well, I was going to say it's interesting because this book she writes in the beginning, the goal of this book is to essentially teach you how to get a second date because she claims no one can accurately access a person on a first date, no matter how astute they think their instincts are. 100%. Um, and so the first date is essentially just to determine if you want a second date. And a lot of times the reason could be us. It could be that you said something and did something that inferred whatever conclusion they got. Uh, so the book is to try to, she gives you two options. What's the goal of a first date to allow a man to discover the real you or to get him to want a second date with you. 
And she said, most people say option one. And she's like, it's actually option two. Yeah, because option one's not possible on a first date. Like, you're just not going to discover who, you know, the real essence of a person on a first date, especially if you didn't know them beforehand. Yeah, and I've seen plenty of books and stuff. I know Logan Yuri has the go on the second date. Yep. I, I feel like even Matchmaker Maria pushes for that. It's very, like, <laughs> I feel like any dating person is very, hey, unless you really have a real hard reason, like, give it a second chance. Because, as she says in the book, the goal is to get past the superficial first date into the territory where you actually really get to know each other. And so that fits for your example, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And actually, the the feedback, the accountant was one of the very first people that I went out with that she set me up with. And the person who mm. gave that same similar feedback was the person immediately after that. And then I didn't get that feedback again. So like, I feel like I got better at it because I heard that. Yeah, it's such a hard, it's such a hard thing. I think I've often given that up a little bit too with the wall. And it's like, yeah. is it a wall where you feel like you can't like ask me deeper questions or is it a wall that like more makes you feel like I'm not like more nurturing and like sweet. And it, so it's not even necessarily a wall. It's almost like a, oh, I'm only seeing this one side of you. For me, I think it was, so we'll, we'll get into the like different types of, or like the like main reasons why, I think she's got 15 of them, I'm sure we won't get to all of them, but like the main reasons why men said they didn't want another date with someone. Mm -hmm. And I have the tendency to go into job interview mode. Yeah. And be, and have like a more professional vibe than I do in my daily life. I do it on the pod too. I have to, I have to like remind myself that I could just like be a person. Mm -hmm. And like, and sometimes that's hard for me. And a lot of that is a pr protective thing. But that that's what it is for me. It's that it's that I come across as like stiff and like maybe not fun. Yeah, I get that. I feel like most people have felt that one way or the other. I mean, that's often why they say we shouldn't go on dates immediately after work mm -hmm. because you haven't even given your brain a break and yeah. you might naturally just be in work mode regardless of whatever job you have. Do you think for you, when you go on, when you've gone on dates after shows, do you feel like you're still in show mode? Like almost the opposite of a like buttoned up corporate vibe? <laughs> uh, no, I think I've done dates before shows and after. I, I think I'm better after because I don't at all have this thing in the back of my head of something I have to go to. Oh yeah, that makes sense. And then I'm like going to work. Yeah. So I think overall, I'm just like a little more relaxed. Yeah. Maybe I like, am a little more loosened up too, because I was yeah. just on stage or also just the fact that a lot of times I'll be by myself for the majority of the day. So the fact that I just stop somewhere and literally talk to people is like a warm up in itself. It's yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. hello, speak to a few humans and then go on the stage. And then go on a date. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I did okay. like her comparison though, to job interviewing in one, in one sense where like, so you talked about – you mentioned how she says the goal of a first date is to get him to want a second date with you. She talks about how it's like when you interview for a job, you want them to give you an offer so then you get to decide. It's like putting yourself in the role of being the chooser. Like obviously you're also – you're not going to go out with everyone. You're also deciding if you want to go on a second date. But mm -hmm. you, but her her sort of thesis is that – you want to be the one making that decision as much as possible. Yeah, or the comparison is also like, 
you know, in a job interview, you essentially are talking about strengths and weaknesses. Mm. But we are taught and trained to pitch our weaknesses in a certain way, right? Not necessarily that they're a strength, but almost like pick a weakness that is fair and not something that would be super penalized. Like, I mean, people might disagree with this one, but I have said in an interview before that I know I'm not the best speller. I was like, I'm not the best speller. I know I have to recheck my spelling a few times. Mm. But it's like, but I said, recheck it. You know you have to, right. This is what I do. (laughs) Like, But that's something that I was like, I don't think that says I can or can't do the job. Yeah. It's like, all right, Erica's Erica's got typos. I was like, hey, if there's someone who's a great speller on the team, I would happily let them read my stuff before wherever it gets sent, it gets published, yada, yada. So something like that, I feel like is like, okay. Um, Because that's what it says in the book is it's like, because this is what's hard. Reading this book, it's very hard to not be like, I feel like this is telling me to change so much about myself. Yeah. It's more being like, hey, first impressions can then make people almost look for more things in that category. Yeah. And count it against you like more times than one. And that's what that's what reminded me of this book is when we were talking about the Marry Him book, there was something that came up in that episode that reminded me about this because it was like somebody sees one little thing that they think means that you're a certain way and now all the other stuff that you do is going to be seen through that lens. Whereas like somebody else could do those same things and they wouldn't have that assumption about them because it it, it never had started that way. Yeah, I think one of the examples was like, you might originally see someone as controlling off the top, but then as you actually get to know them, you more see them as like organized and Mm -hmm. very detail oriented and very this and that. So it's like every quality we can see in a bad light or a good light, but often certain qualities like controlling, it's like, I don't know how you pitch that in a good light off the top. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know how you do something that gives that subtle... I guess, signal and someone doesn't feel this like, ooh, don't tell me what to do, you know, yeah. reaction. It, and like, I, I love that you brought up that it can off the bat seem like the book is telling you to like be different than you are. She she brings that up a few times where she's like, mm-hmm. that, that's not what I'm doing. So I mentioned I was reading the same version that I read when I was 22. Mm-hmm. And I took notes in that version in my Kindle when I was 22. <laughs> and I highlighted things. I wrote things down. And going back to how I interpreted it then actually made me kind of sad because I interpreted it that I needed to change. What did you, when you left reading the book, what was like the number one thing you felt like you were trying to change about yourself? So getting into the date breaker. So she, she goes into the like top themes of like, if she could boil down what all of these guys said the top, I think there were 15 themes of why they didn't want to go on a second date with someone. And before even get into that, this is something I thought was really interesting is that when she asked women about why somebody didn't want to go on a second date with them, overwhelmingly women thought it was something that was outside their control. Like, you know, I'm a certain religion, I'm this, I'm that, but actually it usually was something that they did or said. Yeah, it was like 78% of women said it was something that wasn't in their control, right? Like yeah. timing, that was one. What was the other one? Fear. Fear or like- Like, he, oh, they're not, they're scared to get serious and commit. Right. Or, or, oh, he could tell I wasn't into it. And so he just backed off. 
And 78% yeah. of women think that it's one of those reasons or like a reason that she can't control, but only 15% of men agreed with that. Yeah. 85% of men actually gave reasons that had nothing to do with any of those things. It, that So like when I when I heard that, when I was 22, I interpreted it as, oh, okay, so I should change everything that I'm doing and change all of these things about myself in order to get it in my control that these people want to go out with me. Whereas like what she's really saying is that there, like you said with the strengths and weaknesses thing, there are ways to like talk about yourself in a way that's still authentic, mm -hmm. but you're just not leading with, you know, this negative stereotype. Or if you know that you play into a certain stereotype that you like also play up the other things about you that aren't that stereotype. Uh, I actually saw Matchmaker Maria share something about this and it was about her own personality. Um, but hers was okay. based on like, um, I think it's the Helen Fisher love personality test. There's like four of them, four mm -hmm. types. And she's a director, which is like the boss lady mm -hmm. that this book says, where it's like, oh, you're the in charge, you run everything. And like, you don't need any help. Right. And she, she shared a tip or something she used to do where she would break her shower curtain, not like literally break it, but almost where it comes down. And when men would meet her to pick her up from her apartment for a second date, she would ask them to come up and help her hang it up because you need two people to do it. And she said, like, that was just a small thing I could do that gave them this kind of sense of like, oh, she could use me in her life because she knew yeah. how her personality was and what might be deterring people, which I was like, that's an interesting move. I'm not against it because I, I agree with the move of giving someone just something to help you with makes them kind of like you more or whatever yeah um, it does so but that essentially is hinging on this where it's like this is your personality type you might have the personality that makes people be like oh shit well there's like nowhere for me to fit in or nothing she needs help with and yeah break her shower and, curtain i guess <laughs> and that's where so when i when when you go through these like quote unquote date breakers and she like has like you know little cute names for each one or whatever and then she's like okay here are the examples here's a list of things and if you identify with this list of things then like maybe that describes you and if you want to try to offset them by highlighting other things about you that's the part i missed 10 years yeah. ago 15 years ago i missed that well, it's part it's hard because i just read this book for the first time and my first impression of the book, because the first woman, which we got to just get into these next, the boss yeah. lady was me. Yeah, right. That's me too. And so I was like, oh, all these traits are traits that I have. So I guess I'm just doomed, you fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. So that's literally, that section is is marked up like uh, you wouldn't believe in this Kindle version mm -hmm. of mine. Because every single thing, I was like, oh, yep, I do that, I do that, I do that, I do that, I do that. And some of the things are things that I truly have worked on as a person. So when when she talked about the boss lady, it's like being controlling or argumentative or, you know, just like very, very take charge and like demanding and harsh. And whereas if you think about the good versions, like if you think about the good qualities this person has, they're like straightforward, they're real, they're confident. You know, they're like, mm -hmm. those are good things. But I could, at the time, I was only taking in the negative and being like, oh, like, yeah, I am the boss lady. So I need to be a 1950s housewife instead. It was like the way that I yeah. went. That's where I went in my like little post-college brain. 
Interesting. Mine was more of like muting parts of myself a little bit more. The one that stuck out to me the most was um, the competitive part of the boss Mm. lady. And I was just like, oh, God, reading that section, I was like more brought back to like childhood and growing up that I was like, that was me. I loved to compete in everything. Sports, school, this, that. Like I literally lost. (laughs) I don't don't know if lost is the correct word, but I had a guy that was going to ask me to the homecoming dance and I didn't know. And he challenged me to some dumb tabletop game at my friend's house. And so I played with him and he started talking shit to me. So I'd talk shit back and I'd beat him yeah. at the game. And then essentially I like, quote, lost the date that he left. And all my friends were like, he was going to ask you to homecoming, but like now he's not. And I was like, well, first of all, no one fucking told me. Second, I didn't start the shit talking. I was like, yeah, you're gonna give it to me. I'm going to give it back. Like, what? I was like, he can't handle a little competition. I'm like, he challenged me. Don't challenge me. If you, Don't, like, yeah. You know, that sounds, but like this, a, that sounds like a him problem. Yeah. And here's the thing. I have learned when actually dating someone, if there is a game situation, let's be on the same team. Yeah. I agree that there's something to being like, we, relationships, we should see ourselves as the same team and not be competing against each other. But at the same time, this book was literally like, hey, if you do like games and stuff for a date, how about you let them win? And I'm like, come on. I, yeah, I, ha- I hate that so much. I hate I it agree. so much. Because I'm like, can you, can you not take a little blow to your ego that I beat you in a fucking board game? Get over yourself. Yeah, the, the part that I internalize from it is that, yeah, no, fuck that. I will never let them win. But like... I can go to a shit talk place like I do with my friends where we will like when we're when we're when my friends and I are competing, we are yelling and everyone (laughs) is doing it and no one's mad. We're all just like going at it and we're all so competitive. And then two seconds later, everything is totally fine. Like that's just our dynamic as like we're we're we are teammates on the volleyball court. So like when we do other stuff, I have had to actively train myself that I cannot bring that dynamic into dating because other people aren't like that. Yeah. And it said a line that I agreed with that was like, you know, in sports, it's not about whether you win or lose. It's how you play the game in terms of sportsmanship. Yeah. So it's like, yes, but I feel like that automatically applies where it's like, but that's the part I don't like is I'm like, if someone beats me, I'm not going to be a sore loser. Precisely. So the fact that we'll say like, you know, you shouldn't beat men because then they're sore losers. And I'm like, how about they learn to just not be how fucking about they sore learn losers? to be better losers? <laughs> yeah. I also didn't like the the like masculine feminine part of that of the boss lady part that said stuff like what you're saying of like, you know, if you you can't beat men or like all of that thing. The other thing, the other piece of the boss lady that I really took to heart when I read this originally that I wish I hadn't is dressing differently. Mm, the dressing more feminine? Yeah. I I do I do think that there's something to be said for like you mentioned not going on dates coming from work, right? Like showing up to a date in like a a conservative pantsuit directly from your, you know, like corporate office is probably just not giving a very datey vibe. Like in the same no, way that if and a guy I'd say showed that for up men in or like, women. Yes, the same way that if a guy showed up in a suit with like his tie all the way up to his neck, like I'd be like, what are you doing? I I remember that my boss when I was 22 
at my very first job out of college knew when I was going on dates because I'd be wearing a dress. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what the book says. I mean, yeah. they've done studies. The thing men find most attractive in women's clothing is dresses, skirts, things that are flowy, things that are just naturally more flirty. Color is another thing. A colorful thing instead of an all black outfit. And I'm not saying you should or shouldn't do that. It's like, that's the data. If yeah. you want to take that data and try to use it to your advantage, which sounds like that's what you were trying to do, by all means, you can do that. If that's what you feel good in and it makes you feel more flirty and more feminine or whatever, then do it. You don't have to, but it's like the ball don't lie. You know what I mean? Yeah. The ball don't lie. Yeah. So, so that's, so that's where, that's what I, literally I spent my entire time at the time focused on this section because the other sections, like there were a couple things in the other sections where I was like, oh, maybe a couple things, but this one, I mean, similar to what you said, I was like, yeah, this is just, this is me. Cool, cool, cool. We're getting right into it. <laughs> so you've mentioned before that people, your family or your friends and stuff have mentioned to you that they could see you with a more quote unquote nurturing guy to like mm -hmm. balance you out. And she mentions that as well in this section. This is actually the part I just forgot. This is what I want to talk about. Oh, perfect. Jinx. <laughs> perfect. Perfect time. Thank you for asking me this question. Um, so this is something I feel like I flip flop on a little bit because yeah. I don't disagree with the book when it's like, hey, if you're a boss lady personality, which is more masculine energy, okay? It just is. It's like, look, you, and it said most women that are this personality are looking for that. It's like they're looking for their equal in a way and they want someone that's just like that. And she's like, but the truth is, how's it been working, right? How have you been meshing with those people? And when I look at people that I end up actually dating, even for a little bit, even if it doesn't turn into a long, serious thing, they tend to not be that personality. So like reading this right now, I read it and it kind of was like, yeah, I probably would mesh better with someone that is a more nurturing personality. And I think the main thing with that is like, it kind of maybe is a wall of mine that I'm just not naturally like that with everybody. I'm kind of like, you got to earn it a little bit is my natural yeah. feeling with that. So when people are like that with me first, then it's like, it melts me and makes me a little soft. Yeah. I mean, you talked about that with the nurse. Yeah. Nurse was a big one in that department. Yeah. I mean, just literally a nurse, which is, this <laughs> book also brought up, out. this book also brought up nurturing jobs and number one jobs that men quote like, and nurse is one of the top ones, like I've said before. So anyway, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's something that I read that and I'm like, I don't disagree with it. Yeah. But I think what's also hard, if I'm to be like bluntly honest, there's also this thing where it's like the qualities of the boss lady that I had men that were very attracted to, like that I was very driven, that I was very ambitious, that I was that I was like that director type personality. They're like, I just love that you like run shit. I'm like, yeah, what up? Honestly, tended to be also a lot of men that were like not anywhere in life and they were highly unmotivated in my opinion. So there was this frustration that I'm like, I love that you love this about me, but I hate that you have what feels like none of it. None of it. Yeah. Because there's a way to be nurturing and like a softer balance to your powerhouse without just being like a blah that's just floating along. Yeah. It's not even a blah. It just literally would be from a career standpoint. Right. right I was kind of yeah. like, I, don't, I can't see a real future with you when you have 
no motivation and direction or almost like a content where you are in life with like several roommates and this and that and just like oh you think it's cute and funny that you haven't figured out how to manage your money or get out of debt or yeah, like it's not cute it's not cute it's not attractive and when i was younger it was kind of like okay we're young and like we're all figuring out these things but it's like now that i've gotten older i'm like my tolerance for that is just so much lower that i'm like yeah. i you gotta have a little drive man like I I can't be the drive for both of us is essentially like now how I feel in those situations. And I'm not saying it was always the nurturing man. It just was anyone attracted to my drive and ambition. I found to not be ambitious. And I'm like, that's why you're attracted to it. Cause you don't have that. Mm. I mean, it makes sense. So that's like what was more, that's like what's more frustrating (laughs) about it in a way. Yeah. Um, So the, the last thing I'll say about boss lady specifically is like, I feel like this is like the version of like, quote, alpha male. Mm. And like, look, they're just the terms we use and are the most common. So bear with me. But it's like a lot of this book, a lot of times it's kind of like boss lady is like full alpha male. And I feel like what they're trying to pitch to you is being like, we're not saying turn full beta. It's like everybody, I feel like wants someone kind of in the middle. So even with women, let's flip it to women. Women, I don't know any women that really are like, I want super alpha male guy. But I also don't know any women that are like, I want super beta guy. It's like all of us want someone, someone in the middle where you're like, yes, I would love a nice and nurturing and kind person, but not someone who's a pushover. The same way you want someone who's like driven and motivated, but not like cold and dismissive and harsh. You know? I th- Yeah, I think it goes back to what we were talking about with Rachel last week where we were talking about toxic masculinity and healthy masculinity, where there's right. like a way to exhibit these traits in a way that is super healthy and admirable, and then mm-hmm. a way that is toxic and that people don't want to be with. Yeah, because I have seen people that are dating, quote, the super nurturing type of woman. And if anything, I feel like the flip and the annoyance with it comes just later in dating. So it's almost like I have the bad quality that I'm probably turning people off quickly in the beginning. But then when people actually get into like longer committed relationships, that's one of the top complaints I'll hear from my male friends is they'll be like, I gave her this thing to do or like somewhat of a crisis happened and like she couldn't handle it. She freaked out. She all of a sudden that's all on me. And they're frustrated that like that whole thing is on them. And they're like, I feel like she can't handle these hard times. And I'm sitting there frustrated like, yeah, you guys want this soft nurturing woman until some shit goes down. Now you're like, ah, maybe I should have been with the boss lady. You know, the boss lady is shit done. Right. Like then I'm sitting there frustrated like if that was me, I'd be handling this crisis fine. I wouldn't be having this freak out or whatever. And I'm not saying every nurturing woman's like that. But I'm saying I think the point is like we all want someone kind of in the middle where it's like, yes, I would love a partner who's nurturing. But at the same time, if they couldn't handle shit when shit got real and crisis mode was always falling on me, I'd also be furious. Yeah, 100%. That it's it's a balance with everyone. So I feel like with all these little stereotypes they give us here uh, or categories, I feel yeah. like it's all like kind of an extreme and it's just telling people like, go a little more towards the middle. Let's go a little more towards the middle. Yeah. Another one that I found interesting was the bait and switcher. And when you first hear the bait and switcher, you think catfish. Like you think, right. oh, this is somebody who lied. And and this was written before online dating was that heavy. Yeah, this was in 2008. Um, but even, you know, like at the time, Match.com, OkCupid, whatever. But interestingly, 35% of the men who cited this were not on a blind date. 
So it was it had it was not that they showed up and looked different. Mm-hmm. It was and even those who were on a blind date said that technically most of them said technically that that she had represented herself fairly. So it wasn't like an outright lie. It wasn't like pictures of somebody else or like you know pictures from 10 years ago or whatever it is. But it was like unmet expectations where they assumed something based on something she said and then it didn't match up when they met. Yeah, and one of the big things it said was lying. Where, and I think that touches on people feeling like, I think you're just pretending to be into this thing because you think that um, that's going to make me like you. And it's not oh, yeah. true. And then there's also the lying instead of just flat out lying. Being like, oh, I go hiking all the time. And then it's like, oh, when's the last time you went on a hike? They're like, oh, a year ago. <laughs> it's like, why are you putting up this facade with something so kind of basic? You know? Yeah. And, and even because I think most people be like, oh, well, all right, I don't lie on my profile. Like, I'm truthful. Like, it'll, this will be fine. But I, what I found really interesting about this section were the things where, like, neither person was lying, but it was like mm. there was an example where a woman on her profile had said that she exercises regularly. And then the, they get on the date. The guy asks her about it, and she walks to work every day. And for her, that is her exercise. He just assumed that exercising regularly means that she's like an athlete or, do you know, like going to the gym every day or just doing something different than what she was doing. And so the book talked about being more precise in your mm-hmm. profile and being more specific to try to avoid those like unmet expectations. So saying like a general, like, I like exercising is vague. You should say like, I love spin class. Yeah, right. Exactly. I love, spin, so that I love it, biking, whatever it is. Yeah. Because it seems like so many of these bait and switcher situations were not, like the woman would be like, I didn't fucking lie. Like, that's true. And the guys were like, yeah, technically she didn't. Mm. But I still don't like it. Okay. I was going to say the other bait and switch it said was the classic, um, you're hitting it off via text and messaging. You meet in yep. person and you're like, where was that? you know, quick, quick witted person I was just talking to. That's why you or whatever talk it was. Much. Right. Yeah. That's partly building up expectations. So you mentioned this one already. So let's just go through this. The blahs. Mm, yeah. Now, arguably this is a category that could be people that are looking for spark and spark chasing. Uh, so it says dates that are just okay. Lack of enthusiasm, low energy, boring, no opinion. So I said the parts of this that have nothing to do with Spark, I would say is lack of enthusiasm. I thought was a very valid point they brought up where it was yeah. like they didn't seem to be excited or super into anything. Yeah. they The examples that the guys gave brought up things like, oh, I asked like what she likes to do after work. And she was like, no, oh, I don't know. Or like, you know, what do you think looks good on the menu? And there, she's like, oh, I guess the chicken. Like, just seems, like, so, like, unimpressed and just not mm-hmm. excited about anything, like you said. Yeah, and I think sometimes where a lot of women fall into this is when you are very excited about something and then you go in your head, well, this isn't something men like. Mm-hmm. So let's say reality TV shows. And, like, according to the bait and switcher and this type, I'm like, oh, it sounds like men would prefer that you're like, look, I love trashy reality TV. I can't get yeah. enough say one little quip about one show, be like, this drama happened, blah, blah, blah. And you could even go, I bet you're not even into this, but honestly, I love this stuff. And I once had that as a conversation with a guy who was super into rap music, which I am as well. However, 
he was more into like the drama of the rap music industry. Oh, where he was funny. like, well, did you hear this person's diss track about Meek Mill? And then he came back and said this. And then he stopped and went, this is literally my housewives. And I was like, <laughs> got it. <laughs> like, I was like, got it. Okay. Makes but I sense. liked I liked the light in his like eyes about it. Even though I was like, I know none of this stuff. I don't know if I care about this stuff. But the fact that you're like, I'm into this. It's my thing. Great. Yeah. I, I feel that way. My 90 Day Fiance references are that for me. We're like, mm-hmm. I know that most people I'm on a first date with probably either haven't seen the show, aren't into the show, whatever. I have literally always been met with like a chuckle of like, that's so funny that you're like so into this, but like not, no one's turned off. Like I haven't had somebody be like, oh no, you're so into that show. We cannot go out again. Yeah. I mean, especially if you own that, you're like, it's a trashy reality show. Yeah. And like, I can't, I don't think, I can't think of one reality show that I'm like, not trashy at all. They're all a little not. trashy. That's why we're watching. Or, or like Billy Joel, when he came over and we watched it and he was like, yeah, I'm not going to be watching that again. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, yeah, you don't right? have to like this thing, right? So, but yeah, I, I think that that's, that was something that, that, that showing enthusiasm for something. Also showing enthusiasm for the date you're on. Mm-hmm. And like being excited to meet this person and excited to talk to this person. Yeah. Yeah. It's like come in with some good energy and yeah. you'll be rewarded essentially. Yeah. Um, next one here, Park Avenue Princess. So it's pretty much what it sounds. Very high maintenance, very prickly about their taste, high interest in money, and also typically lacks appreciation. Yeah, the 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 thing that I thought was a, a very well, there were a bunch of things I thought were good points, but she was talking about how people who are money detectives are not subtle, even though they think they're being subtle, and yep. like men that she interviewed gave examples of women asking questions that they probably thought were very coded, but were obviously looking to figure out how much money they have like mm-hmm. do you have roommates oh is it a one bedroom or a studio or like there was a guy that she interviewed from denver and women would ask about the brand of his bike yeah there was an example of like um you know instead of saying like oh wait what hotel do you stay at in saint bart's or paris or what a, in certain expensive place here just saying something like oh, so where do you like to, you know, travel and vacation? Like, what places have you gone to that you really love? It's like, yeah, there are ways you can essentially indirectly figure this out. But I I have been around people like that. And it's just, it's obvious. Yeah, very obvious. And the other, the other really good point in this section that she makes is she, she doesn't say like, oh, you have to offer to split or, you know, you have to anything like that. But when being so genuine about appreciating that somebody is treating you and also doing it immediately versus like all the way at the end of the day. Like I think it goes a long way when, you know, mm-hmm. somebody puts their card down and you're like, thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, this is another thing that it's like, because I've seen like the male side of this where it's also like, <laughs> I've seen a clip recently and it was this guy being like, I might take you to like a super, super nice place for a date. I'm really into you and I do want to impress you. But he said, he goes, I give full disclosure of like, this isn't what it's going to be all the time. <laughs> right. I don't have it like that. This, this is me like, really, I want to treat you and I want you to feel extra special. And like, it is a little out of my typical range, but like, 
don't think we're going to be coming to whatever restaurant, bar, yada, yada, all the time. And yeah. he pulls it out where he's basically like, because there's something to, you know, people being like, don't introduce me to something that you can't maintain either. Right. True. And on that same side, I've heard many men basically be like, even if women aren't doing this, aren't asking money questions and things like that, they've straight up been like, I can tell through our conversation, things you're into, places you go, where they'll sit there and go, I can't really afford the life that you're giving yourself. Yeah. And after a certain reason, people backed out of the, the princess thing. So it wasn't even like knocking, quote, being a princess. It just was like an honest admission where they were like, I just sat there on the date being like, I cannot afford this woman. <laughs> yeah. Or, or like, can't, like, can't afford my part in that life. Like, if I were also doing those things and, mm-hmm. like, I've said this before that, like, I can't afford to, to pay for two of me. Yes. Of the things that I like to do. And so I would like to date somebody who can afford to also be there doing the things that I like to do because I, I can't afford times two. Yeah. So. It is a reality. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm almost like with this whole list of different types, I'm kind of like, look, be real of what type you are. You know, if you are the princess type and, and you want to stay at whatever level then by all means stay at that level, you know, I'm not at all going to push you to be like, mm, don't, I think it was more like a lot of times in this type, you can come off judgmental of people that aren't yeah. also that type. Yeah. And that's more yeah. what it was about. Something that I appreciated about, taking a step back of like the overall theme of the book is like, okay, here are some themes of how people come across, regardless of how they actually are. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even about like, this is who you are. It's like, these, these are the assumptions that people are making about you. And are, are you cool with that? Fine. All right. But like, if you, if you want to try to, you know, curb that a little bit, here are some, some strategies potentially. Yeah. Um, so this next one, funny, if you're a Patreon listener, and I feel like this was a question we got recently, uh, how this person came off to me anyway, through that question, uh, it's called the closer. Uh, it says a woman who is on a mission to get a boyfriend, husband, baby, etc. And it essentially is someone in super interview mode and really picking and pointing questions and wanting like an exact direct answer to everything. Yeah. It's like the, the examples that the way the men were talking about it in the book were like, it's like she was just looking to fill a role Mm -hmm. and like, could I, could I slot in? Could I slot into that role as soon as possible? Yeah. Because I'm all for dating intentionally. And if you want to have some type of screening to be like, Hey, is this person actually like being more serious about dating or do they have zero dating goals? Whatever. I'm all for that. But there's an art to that conversation and bringing that up from both your side and also answering that. Because we've all been asked that question before, too, mm-hmm. by someone. I've had someone be like, why are you on this dating app? What are you looking for? And you have to sit and weigh, like, should I say, like, well, hopefully my next first date is my last. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, do you have to kind of give that answer, but in just a little bit of a softer way that's like, I don't know if that's you yet, man. We haven't even met. Right. Like, this is the first time we're ever meeting. Yeah, I'm not sitting there being like, I'm looking for a husband. Yeah. Even though, like, technically, eventually, yeah, I would like that. Right. Like, I feel like how I phrase the answer to that question is, um, I basically say, like, yeah, like, look, I'm on, you know, this app to meet people, and I am looking for more of a relationship, like, not something so casual. Uh, But then I usually add something that's, like, but to be honest, like, 
I don't just get into a relationship with anybody. Like I am yeah. not in a rush to just get this title and get into this relationship. Right. And that's the part that conveys, I don't know if that's you, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We're going to see. It's not going to be tomorrow. <laughs> we're going to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next one is, I, I like this name, The Flasher, mm-hmm. which is the revealing too much too soon, you know, potentially could be like a trauma dump or just like expecting somebody to cope with something heavy before they even know you. It's like, you know, too getting too personal too soon before this person has any context about who you are. Yeah. And it's often something that we think is bringing us closer to people. Yeah. When we reveal very like private stuff about us. Um, but a lot of times it can come off uh, on a first date, especially like all these answers are first date kind of basis where it's just a little like, Oh shit. And it more is them thinking, you know, it's like if they brought up an ex where you're kind of like, Ooh, it sounds like you're like still going through this. Yeah. There, there was an example. It's kind of like, um, you mentioned that guy in high school who like baited you with the shit talking. And then mm-hmm. when you took the bait, he was like, Oh no, never mind. Yeah. There was a guy in the book who, who gave, the author an example of how he had revealed that he grew up in a a household where his parents got divorced she also had and then they ended up like really bonding about how horrible that was and how you know having an unstable home growing up and all this stuff and from her perspective they had really bonded Mm -hmm. from his perspective he unbeknownst to her obviously had a pattern of dating people who weren't stable themselves Mm. And he then assumed, potentially wrongly, that she was feeding into that pattern because of that, like, overly intimate conversation that they had had on date one before they knew each other. Yeah. Or dare I even extend this to, like, do you look back on the date and go, man, that was so fun talking about my parents' divorce. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's like there's something to, like, building up to that with somebody and getting deep like that. And, like, yeah. It, then, then and I feel like that's also might be just a difference between men and women. I don't know, but it's like, yeah. As much as it was like, oh wow, I really opened up to that person and all this stuff. Sometimes there's a bit of this like, oh, if I go out with them again, what are we gonna get into this time? As opposed yeah. to just like, man, I'm really looking forward to seeing them again. I had such a great time. Yeah, like I, I don't mind for as another example of it. I don't mind mentioning that my dad died, on, and mm-hmm. I it usually does come up at some point because he'll ask. You know, people tend to ask about your parents, right? I specifically though don't get into the whole thing for that reason because one, I will probably cry, like when yeah. I get into the details of him being sick, etc., with a new person, and I'm like, that's just not the energy that I want on a first date. Like, I, I want to save that vulnerability for when I know somebody better. And so Mm -hmm. I purposefully do that. And it took me a while to get there. Like right after he died, it was very difficult. Yeah. And I mean, and that happens for many different reasons with people. Totally. But we all have that stuff where you're like, okay, this is something that, you know, I I think of it as like, they haven't really like earned this yet from me. Yeah. For me to be revealing certain things. It's like, I need that little bit of trust build up. Exactly. So next one here we'll do quick is... The Debbie Downer, which is someone who essentially is very negative, complain about everything, might come across as very bitter or cynical. Yeah, I think there this actually kind of relates to the flasher because I think when you when people start to talk about dating, especially, and you get into this bitch fest 
where mm-hmm. you're like complaining about dating and you're like, oh, we're really bonding about how tough this is. And then uh, maybe you were just coming off as like bitter and cynical, even though you were both doing it. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a way that this happens. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is someone that I'm almost like, I want to tell them you have the permission to lie on the date a little bit, <laughs> you know, like you might truthfully feel one way about something, but you have to kind of realize like, eh, this isn't like a story worth telling. And and the same with actually when dating comes up, that that's when I mainly sell myself to that when they're kind of like, so, you know, how's Hinge or how's Bumble going for you? And it's like, I, there's no real correct answer here. I'm either going to sound way too negative or. I don't know, according to this, maybe I'll imply I'm a whore if I'm like, dude, it's great. I mean, all these like, hot guys, you know, I mean, everybody, <laughs> but that's something that I like already have my trained like response a little bit where I'm kind of just like, oh, you know, like I've met some like really interesting people and, you know, have had like some really nice dates and people I wouldn't have met otherwise. What about you? Like yeah. done. Which, which that isn't even a lie. Like you're no, not, it's not, you're not giving the whole story of how you feel about it, but like what you just said is true. Yeah. But it's like, kind of reminding yourself like positive spin on it yeah positive spin yeah the the author like throughout this entire thing she notes that like you get to control the stories that you tell and the stories that you tell say a lot about you and how you view the world yeah it's a little it's a little fake it till you make it but there's science behind it that also like puts you in a better mood you know yeah or like someone asked that question you could just be like well well we wouldn't have this like really fun night together if it wasn't for the app so yeah we wouldn't be here for after rumble Right? Even if you're like, I don't even know how this is going so far. We've talked for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, right? But we, but I know that we wouldn't have if not for, if not for the app. Yeah. Right. Um, so there are a lot of these. But the last one that, that I would like to talk about is the never ever. Mm-hmm. Which is making like categorical, absolute, like emphatic statements. I, I'll never do this. I hate this. I will do this. You know, I will live abroad. Like whatever it is. And the the example one of the examples that was given in the book is something that i have accidentally done before which is emphatically saying that i'll never leave new york okay but here's the thing there's the question if that is mm-hmm. the truth is that bad to reveal if it's the truth no but for me it isn't actually oh it's not now it never has been i don't want to leave new york I don't want to at all. Okay. I don't want to leave New York. But twice in two different relationships I've been in, I've been seriously considering it and probably would have if we'd stayed together. Okay. I'm a little thrown off because it's, I don't know if it was last week when you talked about switching your filters to the suburbs, I said, would you move to the suburbs? And you said, no. Oh, suburbs is different than leaving New York. How's that different? Because I want to be in a, I want to be in a city. I meant suburbs as just outside of New York. That's what I meant with that question. Oh, like, I, when you said that before, I thought you meant like actual suburbs, which for no, me, I just meant like not NYC. That's, that's what I meant. Oh, like, oh, I Long would, Island, Jersey, Connecticut. Oh, well, those are all not. Those are all. Those aren't cities to me. So for me, so restating, I'd like to live in a city. Okay, it doesn't have to be New York. I want it to be like hundred percent. Want it to be, and in my ideal life, it is New York forever. So when but, you say you would move, do you mean you would go New York to, quote, L.A., San Fran, Chicago, D.C.? Yeah, other major like, cities. What does that mean? Other major cities, yeah. But okay. in, in two different relationships that I've been in, one, 
I was seriously considering and almost did decide to move to Philly. Okay. And actually, in another one, I was considering and probably would have if we'd stayed together moving to the suburbs. I'm glad I didn't. It was that would have been a terrible decision for me, but I was considering it. So like I have to be careful of this never ever for me for that because while it is like strong preference, strong mm-hmm. preference and it would have to be such the right situation and the right person for me to leave, I I would consider it because I have considered it. Okay. But last week when you said suburbs, I thought you meant like literally suburbs. No, I just meant like, I meant the people that essentially commute to New York for work. So they don't live in the city, but they live very close adjacent. So like, I'll give you two cities as an example. All right. Hoboken. How do you feel about Hoboken? It's a a little city right outside. Okay. Yeah, Hoboken. Stamford, Connecticut. How do you feel about that? Probably not. Probably not. No. Is it because of the time of the train in? Or because like Stamford is its own little city. That is like the city kind of of connecticut from my yeah interesting that you said stanford because that is one of the that's one it's where i was going to move in in a previous well that's somewhere my sister and her boyfriend are considering moving oh interesting because they both have like hybrid jobs that they have to go into the office sometimes and it's like a great direct train not that long don't have to deal with driving or traffic like all this stuff so it's like this it's like this like mini step of leaving the city yeah to quote the suburbs so that's why i was like that's what i meant when i said I meant like a Stanford, a Long Island. Ah, like got places it. that still have, you know, public transit you could come right in. Yeah, yeah. So that like it would be it would take a lot. Like it would take a lot. Mm-hmm. But that's why like I I consistently remind myself like don't say never ever because it it isn't and then that I want to know if it's the other way for them. Like if there's somebody who's like I must leave the city, like that's the never ever in the other way. Yes. And like that's probably not compatible with me because they – Yeah, speaking of absolutes. Yeah. So – but it is something that I remind myself of because like I I hope that I never have to make that decision because I just hope that I meet someone who also loves the city and I get to stay there forever. But like you never know. Catch me in New Jersey in 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) I mean – well, I was going to say you never know also in the sense that what if you – what if it was just a change in you someday? Oh, no, totally. Yeah. Because I never thought I would leave New York, period. Let alone like not city for city, just in general. I felt very in love with the city. And then mm-hmm. the past couple of years, I've like lost that love I had for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could I could change my mind. Totally. Yeah. Never know. The, the thing I think about when I think about moving my filters to outside New York is like that it's like those people already made that decision. So it's like yeah. I would I would be like – it's actually kind of like the thing about – bringing something up like something up up about the person that's like not ideal before you like really like them it's like man i already know i already know they have this thing that i really don't like i don't even know them yet yeah that's why i was i was a little confused because i'm like technically suburban areas have spots that are quote a mini city yeah but it's not i guess as high of a population yeah or or we could even make this argument not as diverse depending on where you go that, that honestly, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it didn't come to me immediately. But that is another thing that is really important to me is that I live in a diverse area mm-hmm. and that I don't feel like completely othered in the mm-hmm. area that I'm in. And I felt yeah. that way growing up and I don't want to feel that way as an adult. So like that, that factors in a lot. Right. So that also makes sense. So I guess to wrap up, what's your overall impression of this book now? 
since you read it, I don't know, 10 years ago-ish? Uh, yeah, gosh, 15 years ago. Wow. Uh, I still really like it. I just think that like with anything, I mean, all of these things, books that we talk about or whatever, like you ha- like seeing it with the lens of, you know, some of this stuff is really useful. Others I think is not and others I vehemently disagree with. But like I think there's more useful than not overall. Okay. What do you think? Um, I mean, I feel the same way about most dating books. I feel like there's stuff in it I really don't like and there's stuff in it I do find helpful. Yeah. If anything, reading this book, I felt like more confirmed a lot of my own thoughts about dating Mm. in a way. Um, So like that part was fun. The competitive part specifically, I was a little annoyed at. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's every book is kind of taking it with a grain of salt. Totally. So anyway. Well, curious to hear everyone's thoughts out there. Let us know. And we'll see you next week. Yes. And call the scam hotline. Call the scam hotline. (laughs) Let us know about the scams. Oh, and come to our live shows. New York on January 20th and Washington, D.C. on March 21st. See you then. Yes. See you soon. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.